0: Alright, I need everyone, I'm sorry if you've got sore legs, no one has to stand up, but if you want to be part of this very exciting game, I need you to stand to your feet. This is where we find out who likes games and doesn't. Alright, now, in this game, it's very simple. You get rewarded if you resonate with the statement I'm about to say. You can sit down, and it's kind of like negative reward. Like, if this is some of these statements aren't necessarily great things, but if you're like, Oh, yeah, that's me, you can sit down. So it's kind of like a reward. We had someone sit down straight away, so uh, that's fantastic. Um, But that wasn't one of the things yet, but excellent. Good, happy to point that out. All right, here's how this works Um, this is actually called the worry wart game. Okay, so. If you worry that someone will think you made that smell, you can sit down. Wow, okay. Thanks for your honesty, everyone. Um, If you worry that someone has seen your message on social media and hasn't got back to you straight away, there's a problem. Wow, you guys are amazing. I mean, you're amazing even if you sit down, but thanks for your honesty. Someone started to sit down but stood back up, worried that everyone thought that was them. Um, You worry about what the other person thinks when you spit a little bit during conversation. Oh, a bunch more people there. Oh, look at this, socially aware people that actually have a social conscience. That's that's cool. Um, You worry when you leave a public toilet that the mess... Will be seen to have that's in there was all yours. Oh wow, we're taking more out now. Wow. <laughs> it's always interesting who's left remaining, you know, like um, kind of cool. Um, you worry about who saw you pick your nose in a moment you weren't thinking about how other people could have seen you pick your nose. A few more people going down. Yep. Plenty of people are like, I don't care. Go for it. It's a normal part of life. You worry about going bald. <laughs> A few ladies sat down. You worry about what other people think about your food choice at the cafe. No? Uh, you worry about how to introduce yourself at parties. Wow, this is such a fascinating insight. You worry about whether you turned off the iron when you left the house to go somewhere. <laughs> People are like, ah, it'll be right. It's fine. Or you're just so diligent, you know that you know that you know you turned it off. You worry about what to wear to church. <laughs> I just love the honesty. It's so good. And you're worried that you're going to be the last person standing in this game. Wow. And I don't have any more questions. So the people standing, you're like the chilled, calmest people here today. So well done. You win the award. <laughs> oh, So Jesus says... In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body and more than clothes? This passage of Scripture is one of the verses we're going to look at today in the context of Jesus speaking about what we put our devotion towards. It sits in the context of what's commonly known as the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' extraordinary kingdom vision about what life looks like according to God and His purposes for humanity. What this verse is not saying, and this is super important that we understand this straight up front, is it the idea of worrying is not saying we should be flippant, is not saying that our challenges in life are not bad. Because denial is not the solution. I've grown up around Christians my whole life, And I've heard many, many different versions, and I've also participated in most of these versions of faith expression. And one of them that's one of the most damaging is this idea that to not worry and to be a faith filled person is to be a person who is always positive and always says only good, positive things about situations. But when you're talking to the person, you know they are in denial. Because there's a fear dynamic that if I say how things are, that that means I lack faith. And so someone says, how are you feeling today? And you're feeling depressed or anxious or stressed or worried. And you're worried that if you say that, one, what might they think about your level of faith in God? And secondly, what does that say about your relationship with God? Is God listening going, ooh, Focusing on your circumstances there, hey? Oh, well, looks like you're going to have a rough day because I, I can only reward faith. I can only reward it when you say the right positive things. And that form of um, Christianity is just foreign to the Gospels. It's foreign to Jesus. It's not part of Scripture. If that was the case, you wouldn't have the book of Lamentations in the Bible. Go read that if you want to have a happy day. Not? You, you wouldn't have most of Jeremiah's writings and many of the prophets' woes and many of the Psalms that we have. And I want to say as we talk about worry today, this is not a chance for us to weaponize ourselves with faith ideas so that we can go and tell other worriers in our life, our family, our friendships, to quit their worrying so that our own stress is alleviated. Have you ever had someone, like they use Bible verses a little bit like darts? It's like you're annoyed by somebody else's worry or frustration or stress or anxiety. So what you do is you just quote a verse at them just to shut them up. It's like they're anxious. Oh, Philippians says, do not be anxious about anything. So stop it because it's ruining my day. Uh, Or, you know, someone's worrying and you decide it's your God-given purpose to start singing or whistling. Remember that song? Don't worry, be happy. It's the most annoying thing you can ever hear or song when you're feeling worried or stressed or frustrated about something. So we have to be super careful about how we reflect on these scriptures because this is not a chance for us to control other people's lives, but to actually reflect on our own lives. And it's important to say straight up front when we look at this idea of worry today, that worry is different to wise concern and responsibility. And that's why we can't be flippant about things. We we can't just say, ah, whatever, it'll be fine. Now, there are some things that we find easier to say that about than some other things in our lives. Ah, it'll be sweet because you weigh up the consequence of a scenario and you go, ah, she'll be right. Common Australian phrase. But then, something really interesting that happened during COVID was that, we realized that a lot of people, because of restrictions, weren't going and getting checked for things they were concerned about. And so there was this dynamic at place where people were aware something's not quite right, or I'm concerned about something, or I need to get my skin checked, and people weren't going and doing it. And so a few different things were taking place. Either people were becoming anxious and stressed about that, or well, we're just going, ignoring it. And when you ignore things that are real, that doesn't help either. And I think it's really important that we understand the difference between wise concern, where we take full responsibility for what is our responsibility, as stewards of our bodies, of our lives, of our children, of our resources. Because when I grew up, I grew up in a family where finances were tight. And so it wasn't uncommon for me to hear conversations about how um, stressful the financial situation was. And so I'd made this subconscious decision that I wasn't going to let finances dictate my life. So you know what I did? I chose to just say, oh, I'm just not going to worry about that. But I confused worrying about what I don't have or what I can't afford or what I can't do or what might happen or what might the future look like with a lack of responsibility. And because it seemed like an emotional stress that I wanted to avoid and walk away from, I decided, I'm not going to worry, which was code for, I'm not going to be concerned, I'm not going to be responsible, I'm just going to do whatever I think I need to do, and I'm just going to just trust that somehow, magically, God's just going to make money always appear for me. And I learned that that's not how life works, and Proverbs and wisdom and the teaching of Jesus shows us that that's not how life works, right? As one person said, worry is like prayer in reverse, So Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The word money there is mammon, and it basically means any treasure or riches or anything that you possess that you have. You have to decide what will be your master. Do I serve that thing or do I serve God? Where is my trust? Where is my devotion is the question. Verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, which is interesting because um, when you're stressed and you're worried, you're not thinking, I want to go look at the birds of the air, right? I look at the birds of the air when I'm relaxed. When I'm sitting on the balcony and I go, ah, how good is life? I look at the birds. But when I'm worried and stressed, I'm like, I'm focusing on this thing. Someone comes along and says, you should check out the birds. I'm like, I don't care about the birds. I care about the situation that I'm in at the moment. But Jesus says, no, 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 stop. I want you to look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. In other words, what he's saying is that built into creation is this idea that God provides for his creation. And Jesus says, are you not much more valuable than they? And then he asks this question, which is a really challenging question. Can anyone, can any one of you You can just imagine him looking out. Can any one of you guys here add a single hour to your life? The inference is, by worrying. And we're all going to answer that for ourselves. If I worry, how does that help? And here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, worry adds nothing good to your life. Absolutely nothing. I've shared a few times here, one of my favorite movie scenes is in the movie Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. And there's this spy who's been taken hostage in the US, connected to what's happening in Russia and Germany, and he ends up getting legal representation from Tom Hanks, who's going to be his lawyer. And there's this amazing moment where Tom Hanks walks into his cell, and the guy's calm, though facing a real predicament about his future. And he says to him... Are you not worried? And it's this brilliant line where he says, Will it help? And I remember watching that, having this just moment going, Oh, and he repeats it at a few different points in the movie. At the moment of his greatest stress, of anxiety, of worry about his future, he's made a choice, he's made a mental decision. And it reminds me exactly of the words of wisdom that Jesus speaks here to us. Worry adds nothing good to your life. Jesus goes on and says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? Now, most of us here today, we don't worry about our clothes. Maybe we worry about how they look or what fashion label or, you know, who's going to be around when we wear whatever the clothes we are because we're in a completely different context to the agricultural context in the first century that Jesus is speaking to. Where literally people, many of the people that he's speaking to, are thinking about their daily needs. Where will our food, where will our clothes, where will our shelter come from? And so their concerns were immediate to them, whereas ours tend to be a lot more like, Am I going to have enough to retire? Are my kids going to be able to go to that school? Is this going to be a house where our kids' friends are going to want to come and hang out? Like Our, our worries tend to be different. Our worries may be related to our health. Our worries may be related to our financial position. maybe may be related to our job situation. The last few years, there's been a lot of stress as a result of COVID. I've shared before that we moved to the Sunshine Coast and I was running a, a business and two and a half months into just moving to the Sunshine Coast, we just started coming to Good Life here. And I started for two weeks in a row getting phone calls from every one of our clients and what was going to be our biggest year financially. I was feeling quite excited about it. Just going, wow, this is great. And for two weeks straight, 80% of our client work. So, oh, and everyone was awkward. Some people rang, some people sent long emails trying to explain. But we have to pause. We have to postpone. We can't do this at the moment because my, a lot of my work was face-to-face work uh, in training and development. And man, I I felt overwhelmed. I remember one day getting off in the car and driving down to Malulabar Beach, and I went on a long walk. And I just felt this overwhelming anxiety. I thought, I've just moved my family here, and now I can't go anywhere, and I'm not quite sure what to do next. These are the things we worry about. But Jesus is saying, look at the flowers of the field. They do not labor or spin. You know, I tell you that not even Solomon, who was a king in Israel, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. These. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, ye or you of little faith? Some people have translated that phrase as little faithers. This relates to our confidence in God. And this is really what all this comes back down to. Where is our confidence? Is our confidence in our ability to secure our own future with certainty? Or is our confidence in a loving Father who sees us and cares about us? And if he cares about the birds and the flowers, does he not also see us in our situation and care for us? And Jesus is saying, yes, absolutely, this is the case. So verse 31, he says, so do not worry, saying... What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, in other words, those who don't trust in the God of Israel, they run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. I thought I want to share with you to reflect on today, not to tell you what to do, but to say, is this true in my life, and what does this mean? Is this idea That where your focus goes, your mind and your emotions will follow. I know this to be so true. We can focus on what we don't have. And at that moment, we have a choice. What can I be concerned about that is wise and responsible for, so that I don't just check out and say, too hard basket, I'm out of here. And we've probably all had moments in our life where we've just checked out and gone, I can't deal with this. But God invites us by faith to face our responsibilities and say, what is in my hand? What can I do with this? Do I need to go see the doctor? Do I need to go see an accountant? Do I need to go seek godly wisdom from someone else who's been in the situation that I'm in? And so we do what the greater counsel of the scriptures tells us to do, and that is to seek wisdom. And as Jesus' brother in James chapter 1 writes, he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God and believe that He'll give it to you. I can't tell you how many times when I've gone back to making that a prayer, I've said, God, man, I I don't know what to do about this. Please give me wisdom in how to navigate this. I look back and I go, God, you've given me wisdom. You've given me a sense of clarity. But really what this comes down to for us is this issue of uncertainty. Because there are faith faith expressions in the world, and you see plenty of these on TV, of preachers that want to tell us about a faith that makes everything certain. And that is not what faith is. Faith is not, God, you will make my situation turn out the way I want. And the reason why I can say that with relative confidence is because in Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament, we see the account and the story of the people of great faith who didn't see the promise that they were hoping for in this life. I never liked reading that section of Scripture growing up. And it didn't match with some of the preaching I got told growing up. I just got told if you have enough faith, and you can have mustard seed faith, you can move a mountain. So it can just happen. That's this... But then when it didn't happen, like the day I tried to get my eyes healed so I didn't have to wear glasses because I thought that was uncool at school, and I went out to an altar call at church with a healing evangelist. He said, you want to be healed? Come out by faith today. And I stood there and I kept going. So my youth pastor said, hey man, if, if your eyes get healed, you won't be able to see out your glasses. I'm like, oh, yes. Good point. Good point. So I stopped kind of looking over the top and just actually went, once it gets blurry with the glasses on, I'll know I'm healed. But guess what? For all the prayers, didn't it change? I don't know why. I have no answers. I have no answers for why some people get healed and some people don't get healed. Gosh, I wish I did. The day I drove back from the south coast of Sydney, after praying my heart out, after lamenting, after crying out to God for a miracle for a family member of ours, child... And I got the worst phone call anyone can ever get to say that something didn't turn out the way I was hoping. I had their other children in the back seat of my car. And I drove for 45 minutes holding my emotion and saying one thing over and over again. Why? Why, God, if ever come on, I had a plan for how God could look really good and it didn't happen. And I, I, to this day, I have no answer for that. And we can say all the cliches that we know, well, God's got a bigger plan, yeah? Show me. Because we don't always get to see the bigger plan in our life either. And this is the crazy tension we have to live in. Some people get miracles and amazing things happen and we go, that is incredible, And we praise God, and so we should. And we should celebrate with them. And some other people are in the waiting season where maybe it's going to happen. We don't know. And we look back in history and we go, it happened. They were faithful. They waited and something good. And then so many other stories, it just didn't happen. So what do we do with that? What do you do with that as a pastor when people come and ask you that question? Oh, Man. I just say, I don't know. And I remember one thing. The name of Jesus is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. You know, the answer to suffering, that the only answer that I can make sense of suffering in this life is to know that God's promise is that He is with us. So I let go of the uncertainty of my health. The day I thought, the doctor said to me, well, we have to check if this is cancerous or not. And everything goes white and you freak out. And I'm like, I'm 21 years of age. Seriously, my life can't be over yet. (sighs) At that moment, I have to let go of certainty. And I have to put my hands into the hands of God and trust that he's a loving father who will guide me and lead me. But here's one thing I know. The nights I worried added nothing to my life. So when you're in the state of worry, what we have to do is to shift our focus on what we can do, and our focus towards the one who will guide us, who will be with us, and who will lead us. As you can see, all the children are coming in for something we're going to do at the service in a moment. In verse 33, Jesus goes on in this passage, and he says this, here's what I want you to focus on. Here's where I want your thinking to go. Here's where I want you to put your devotion. Because often the things that we most worry about are the things that we're most devoted to. Which makes sense. We worry about our children because we're devoted to them. But Jesus says, here's what I want you to do instead. I want you to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. In other words, let our agenda be God's agenda. His good agenda of His new creation. Of His loving purposes for humanity. And for every one of us. And these things we worry about. He says will be given to you as well. In the context, he's talking about provision for our situations. He doesn't say that the provision will look like exactly what you want or what you claimed. But he does say he will be with us, and he will help us, and he will guide us. Jesus does say we can bring our requests, our heart cries. He does say we can pour out and say, God, deliver me, heal me, help me, give me guidance, provide for me. Help me to know what to do financially. And God will guide us and lead us and be with us. But where we put our trust is so key. So the challenge for us as we wrap up this morning is this. Can we get ourselves and our minds into a place where we let go of the uncertainty of our future? Because worrying about it tomorrow and the next day adds nothing good to our lives. Instead, let us trust As Jesus said, let us focus on the kingdom of God and God's goodness. Let's do what's wise to do. And let's trust God with what's out of our control. And I want to finish by saying this statement over every single person in this room, including over myself God can be trusted with your tomorrow. God can be trusted with your tomorrow.